0: This podcast is brought to you by AJ Bell and Shares Magazine. Shares Magazine is published by AJ Bell Media, part of AJ Bell.
1: Hi, welcome back to Money Markets. I'm Dan from Shares. Laura's still on holiday, so we've got Tom from AJ Bell to help us cut through the weeds of pensions and investments. Hello. Hello. And this week, we're delighted to be joined by the third in our series of national newspaper journalists FT personal finance journalist Kate Bealey. Hello. So, Tom, what have we got on the agenda this week? Well done.
2: You'll be pleased to hear that after bowling straight in with a discussion about Brexit last week, and I apologise to all <laughs> our loyal listeners for that. I've learnt my lesson, and there will be no mention of the B word on this week's podcast. Thank so goodness, that's it's a big relief. The B word is Brexit, not Beely, <laughs> Um So, however, we do have a juicy collection of personal finance stories to talk about, including Monzo's potential foray into the world of investments. The competition regulator getting tough on companies and the implications of rising life expectancy and the impact that could have on people's retirement plans. But to kick off with, Dan, there was an interesting story in the Telegraph about mortgages recently, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, so NatWest has launched a new flexible mortgage where... It comes with a flexible pot of cash you can dip into whenever you want. Um, So you can use it if you want to pay for a holiday, um, you want to give your kids some money if they want to buy um, a house and they need some help with a deposit, or maybe you want to do up your own home. So alternative borrowers can actually make unlimited overpayments without any fees as well. So in in the mortgage industry, there's been a bit of a price war, so clearly... Uh, mortgage companies are finding life tough mm. trying to attract new people the mortgage well the property market i should say is kind of stagnant um and so yeah, you know, the, the fact they've got this sort of Product innovation would suggest things aren't going very well yeah. if you're a mortgage company. Um, so I, I saw some reaction from some analysts who said, um, this is really disturbing that okay. we're getting these flexible mortgages again because these type of products were around um, when the credit crunch happened mm. just over a decade ago. Mm. So they were saying it's like, it's, it is disturbing if you can use a mortgage to access cash as easily as going to a cash machine. I yeah. mean, that is, that is a yeah. bit worrying, isn't it? So... Um, but offset mortgages, is kind of a slightly similar principle. I mean, they've been around for a while where you link it up with your cash savings account and you can help to reduce the amount of money that you pay on, on interest. But um, to have this sort of flexible one where you can just dip in and out, oh, I don't know. I think it, it certainly would suggest it's bad news for house builders down yeah. the line because if there's if, you know, this crazy mortgage... Product innovation would suggest that life is hard. Yeah. Um, whilst house builders are f- making lots of profits and paying big dividends at the moment, um, I would suggest you look at this as a big warning sign.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is, 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 is this one of those things where I guess everybody's looking for the, the that moment in the big shot where um, the guy, I can't remember his name, Steve Carell, is in the is in the strip club yeah. and there's five strippers around him and oh, let's say there's one stripper isn't there and she's saying that she's got five mortgages yeah. or something like yeah, that so and yeah. now everybody's we're getting to that point it's 10 11 years since the credit crisis and everyone's looking for a sign that things are about to go belly up Do you, is, is this one of how, how much how much credence would you place on something like that because clearly these mortgage providers are going to be aware about the the risk and the potential message that that's putting putting out there how 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 Big is this
1: warning. Yeah, I wouldn't light, say will. it's quite up at the sort of the um, you know the screaming stage. but yeah. uh, I guess you look. At, uh, another warning sign would be the fact that forty-year mortgages are getting mm. very common now. If you think that the first-time buyer is probably aged about early thirties, um, normally when you when you buy a house and then you after a few years you you go to buy a bigger one Mm. Um, sometimes you reset your mortgage term because if you're already used to 40 year terms and say you're now getting to mid late 30s you're into Sort of problem area, aren't yeah. you? And also, a forty-year mortgage—the the equity creation that you're having uh, is going to be very slow. So when you come to get a bigger mortgage and a bigger house, you're going to find it quite tough. So I think there's definitely loads of things pointing, and I'm sure that, say, in sort of five ten years time, we can we can draw the dots and say, look, there were plenty of signs. Mm. Um, mm. There aren't enough, you know, disturbing ones across the board mm. but i would say this is definitely one to watch closely
0: also it feels like a scary time to take out a 40-year mortgage doesn't it with house prices i mean hopefully they will recover but i wouldn't want to be taking out <laughs> yeah massive debts and hoping to get a bigger house at some point in the future it just feels like
2: yeah yeah i, thought, I mean i year forty year mortgages i think for, for a lot of a lot of normal people it almost it could almost feel like a, a life sentence yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. i think it's quite interesting as well in the context of i think we've had we've just recently was it yesterday we had the speech from Andrew Bailey giving kind Mm. of hints and indications that this might be a regulator that's going to be slightly less tough on financial services and I thought that was I think CAM in particular went quite big on that line and I think it's quite interesting that we've reached potentially a point now in the cycle where it's far enough away from the financial crisis that lenders feel capable, able to bring out products like this which might have the signs of riskiness and a regulator feels able to say actually the important one of the they need to balance off protecting customers with ensuring that there's a competitive financial services market out there. And clearly that is the case. But I think from a messaging point of view, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so um, so away from a bank that is looking to innovate, and I think we've we debated there whether that's good innovation or bad innovation necessarily, um, there's uh, there's little doubt that some of these traditional banks have been shaken by the entry of some of these smaller, nimbler type technology-focused um companies and perhaps none represents this wave of change better than uber trendy orange card producing monzo is it an orange card i would say it's pink pink card pink orange salmony card producing (laughs) monzo um so kate what's their latest plan for world domination and should we should we all be scared
0: uh, so Monzo has said it wants to team up with fund providers, so people like Fidelity and BlackRock and others. So it will um, it will offer investments as well as being a kind of current account yeah. provider. So Monzo is one of these neobanks, yeah. which makes it sound a lot cooler than it maybe Incredibly is. Incredibly exciting, um, yeah. But that essentially just means it's a digital bank. Mm. And so along with companies like Revolut and some of these other fintech names, it wants to become a one-stop shop. Uh, or financial control center, as it says.
2: Financial control center, uh. that sounds. <laughs> uh, that, that, that really strikes the fear of playing. God into me, <laughs> the, the idea uh, of financial control. The controls. idea of
0: financial control. Yes, yeah. exactly,
2: yeah. Maybe it's exactly what I need.
0: <laughs> but uh, that means that it wants to do more than banking, it wants to be the place that you would go for your investments, mm. um, a load of other things. And that's maybe a function of the these kind of challenger banks and of how different they are to mm. the more traditional players. Um, most Monzo customers don't use it as their main bank currently, or yeah. don't seem to be using it as their main bank. They're paying in far smaller amounts. So the average amount on account last year was 150 pounds. Yeah. I mean, compare that to, you know, most people's current accounts. I think that was. Yeah, you got
2: this, your salary quite going different, in, right? Yeah.
0: At that point, 80% of customers weren't paying in their yeah. salaries. I think that's come down a bit, but that means that Monzo needs to shift its business model for and become what it essentially wants to become a marketplace yeah. so that you go there and almost like a portal for a load of other yeah. kind of uh, financial services because obviously currently it's not making any money on its yeah. customers you know, its losses quadrupled last year. It needs to find a way of monetizing. So, are
2: you are you a, are you a Monzo customer? at the I am. I'm, yeah. I'm
0: a big fan of Monzo. And does, is that does
2: that does that does that, that behaviour that you cited there is that is that familiar to you? Is that it how you familiar to me?
0: I very optimistically put <laughs> a tiny amounts in at the start of the month, which I believe I will spend, and then <laughs> within three days uh, appear to have gone through that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a,
2: it's a fascinating thing, I think, yeah. Monzo. So I I do pretty much the the same thing, so I've not got to the point yet uh, so I, I love the the technology. I love the the ease of use. I didn't quite so much like the visual identification thing that I had to go through. Yes, where I had to video. video myself for five seconds, saying my name is Tom Selby <laughs> and I would like a Monzo account. I think if it's trying to be cool, it's certainly not trying to make its users audition, <laughs> seem no. cool. I didn't feel cool at all. Audition
0: for your X Factor. <laughs> yeah,
2: I didn't sing it. No. Maybe I could have sung it, mm. uh, but I think it's a it's 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 going to be an interesting point in time, is it, where they're they're clearly trying to make this leap now from being a new, basically free bit of banking technology, yeah. technology that's given some of the traditional banks a bit of a kick up the backside. And I think we've seen all their, all their technologies have improved as a result of the challenge of Monza yeah. and Revolu and, and others. But getting to that point where Someone like you or I or Dan. I don't Dan. Have you got a Monzo? Card? No, not but yet.
1: But you make it sound so good. I'm going to get one. <laughs> yeah. after this yeah.
0: But yeah, they need to find a way of making money from us. Yeah.
2: How do?
1: Yeah. I mean, even
2: getting to the point of even even at the moment where you're not paying anything to get mm. to the point where I would feel comfortable saying to my employer, I want all of my salary to go in there. I know people who have done it, and maybe it's just because I'm a bit of a luddite. But well, I, I think I, it's a trust. Got it's slightly is trusting, isn't Isn't yeah.
0: it with new companies? I think it probably does take. Cons- consumers a while to, um, you know, to trust things, even though obviously it will be FCS protected. But I think it's a kind of brand Mm. awareness issue. I mean, interestingly, Monzo have also um, launched a cash ISA recently yeah. it that with Oak North and that is one way in which they will be making money from customers this Oak North cash ISO was a leading rate uh, in fact the customer does not get that rate because mm. Monzo is taking um, taking a bit of it Oak North are taking a bit of uh, your okay. commission so that is the model I think it will be marketplaces for other financial services yeah. and that is what banks like Starling have said they want to yeah. do it's quite a different way of of doing things and quite a different way of banking from this you know, taking a load of money in on deposit and lending it long in yeah. the form of mortgages and things.
2: So they're dip- dipping their toe into making some money through cash ices at the moment. And then, and then mm-hmm. the next step is going to presumably be dipping their toe into making some money again by being a, a sort of platform for, pe- for people's investments. Do we have any idea what type of... What type of investments they'll be offering, or is it a really early stage at the moment?
0: Well, it's early stage, but mm. passive. You would assume, okay. particularly if they're talking to BlackRock and Vanguard, yeah, sure. yeah, to a big, big It must be. Yeah,
1: it would be, be track tracker fund, or, yeah. or like uh, tracking the big companies in America or something. Like yeah, that, so. because
0: those are such low-cost mm. funds as well, isn't it? That I think that's the way that um, most people are making this work. In like the robo advisors, like Nutmeg and people, similar model. Well,
1: but I wonder if they, if if they can't get people to fill their account once mm. opened mm. with money uh what hope have they got people to invest i mean it's almost yeah. like Big amounts yeah. um you know y- yes it's got a bit you know I-, I think actually it's probably has quite a bit of trust people do know the brand but you know, surely you need to get your, your core business of banking right in the first place mm-hmm. by offering decent service um i don't know whatever the you know decent terms or something but it, 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 and yeah. if you is it trying to do too much too soon by trying to go into investments now?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do wonder that. And because I mean, they've only just started with overdrafts, which mm. I think would arguably be, uh, you know, the thing to build out before you before you start offering investments. But I, I do think that that issue might be something a lot of these fintech companies and investment companies have to answer. People like Nutmeg, people like all of the other robo advisors, they struggle to launch SIPS, they struggle to get people with big enough balances mm. to make that worthwhile um, and I think there is a slight mental barrier there uh, because a, a SIP potentially you know pension feels like a bigger deal maybe than uh, ISA where you might just be kind of playing around with it a little bit more um, so yeah I think it, I think it is going to be a hurdle.
1: Mm. So Tom, we've been talking for quite a while now, but you haven't mentioned pensions. I just wonder, to is everything all right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I am starting to get a little bit touchy. I've got to say all this <laughs> chat of modern banks and Monzo and things like that. This is far, far away from this young fogey's preferred <laughs> line of uh, line of conversation. So I have been thinking about retirement. Obviously, this week it's part and part parcel of the of the day job and. What chance do you guys think there is of you reaching a hundred? I'm sure you've probably never thought about it too much, have you? Like the likelihood of reaching a certain age. Certainly three figures. It, it used to be something that was, I think, viewed of as incredibly unlikely, hence people getting a a letter from from the queen or the or the king of king of the day if we go back in <laughs> back in time. But the reality is that actually, particularly for younger people, the chance of reaching a hundred aren't as remote as you might think so i went on a very nifty ons calculator to look at this stuff this is the kind of thing i do in my, <laughs> in my spare time i'm gonna a cool person um and uh it, so this is obviously this so this this isn't taking into account things like your individual lifestyle and your uh it, so it takes into account your sex but it won't take into account how much you drink whether you've got an illness all these things that affect life expectancy but for a normal people of certain age, it'll let you get an idea of how likely you are to reach 100. So if you look at a 65-year-old male today, um, they've got a 4.7% chance of reaching 100. So not very likely, but equally not so remote that they wouldn't have to think about it. But as we go down the ages, um, you you start to get to a point where it's actually quite a realistic probability. So if we look at a 45-year-old woman, that's a 12.2% chance. The equivalent man, 8.4% chance. Go down to a 25-year-old. And it's a 19% chance that a woman Gosh. will live to be 100, and a 14.1% chance that a man will live to be 100. So, other than just for good fun, thinking about this this kind of stuff, the reason <laughs> Which why I don't, is, I don't yeah. understand why you're laughing, the, 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 the this got this got me this got me thinking about the the way that people plan for retirement, I guess, and the the eventualities that people plan for, because I think we we hear a lot about. Average life expectancies, and quite often, some of the questions that um, that I get in as part of my column that I do for Shares Magazine, people people will think about their average life expectancy, almost like that's a guaranteed point in time. So when we're going back to those life expectancies, there, the average um, life expectancy for someone around my age is about eighty six, but actually, there is a decent chance that I am going to live way beyond that and so when I'm thinking about a retirement plan and when I'm building up a retirement plan and particularly when I come to drawing an income from my fund then you need to think not just about the average life expectancy but what will you do if you reach 100 or 110 i think the oldest person in the world was a french woman who lived to 122 albeit she she died in 1997 so that's pot- potentially not a not not somebody who's representative of the overall population but certainly planning to live up till and beyond 100 is something that we that we all have to all have to think about
0: and i guess yeah you need to think about growing the pot as well as not taking too much income so it's Lasting,
2: that yeah, means. yeah, exactly. So, when so, when we when we kind of got into this, what we thought about there's two, two bits that this has a clear impl- implication for first, how much you want to save to get a decent amount in retirement. And, and I'm I am always wary of coming up with massive numbers that are, that are terrifying. I know that Dan in particular isn't a fan of doing that, and, and I, <laughs> I think rightly so. Because if yeah. you say to somebody you need to save, and I'm about to come up with a massive number that's yeah. scary, so I'm going to caveat it by saying, if you say to somebody you need to save half a million pounds, they'll go, Oh my. My I'd t- I'd How many t- coffees
0: is that I'd- per week?
2: <laughs> How many avocados? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's. it's I, I understand that half a million pounds is so outlandish that it might feel like it's just not possible. But I guess the, the, the point in us doing this kind of analysis is just to give people an idea of what they'll need to reach what they may may think of as being a not massively ambitious target. So what, what we looked at, we thought an obvious, obvious thing to look at is do you, if you want to get towards roughly UK average wage at the moment, so around £28,000, £29,000 a year. So we combine the state pension with your private pension. So state pension is about £8,500 at the moment. So you'll need to generate £20,000 of income, inflation adjusted from your private pension, in order to get an average UK wage in retirement. So what size of pot do you need to get to a 20, twenty-eight thousand pounds?
1: Go on, then give us give, a yeah,
2: give us the big number. So, sadly, it is quite a large pot. It's four hundred and forty-seven thousand pounds to get it from age sixty-five. Now, th- that that just sh- and, and that you know that's using re- reasonable growth rates based on history. So that's a five percent post charges growth r- growth rate, which is some would say is punchy. Would say o- 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 high, o- yeah. others, others would say, you know, based on history, if you take enough risks, that's that's doable. So it's it's certainly not unrealistic that you'll need to. Reach that sum in order to get a pot that will, and that's a pot that will last you until a hundred on those withdrawal on on that withdrawal basis, assuming that you uh, that you enjoy five percent growth again through retirement. So, but if you
0: just live on cup of soup for the last ten years, of oh, life, you, d- you don't have
2: to bother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very easy. So, so it's it's, it's a difficult number, but there are ways. So it's, if you if you look at it on a monthly basis, it can look a lot easier. So um, if you start at age 25, you'll need to save around £235 a month to get to that kind of figure. Obviously, the more you delay, the harder it becomes. But I think it's also about managing people's expectations as well. So I think the idea of retiring on an average UK salary for a lot of people, that, that will be almost the, the minimum of their expectations. But the reality is if you want to do something like that, then you're going to have to aim pretty high with your savings or take the risk that by drawing out loads of money that you'll reach 85 86 run out of money and you may have another 14 years yeah. or more to live. And there, there are other... And I'm sorry, this is getting incredibly <laughs> depressing for everyone. See our faces I always,
0: dropping. I always, like
2: it happens every time I'm on, <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it, Kate. Um, but the, 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 and the, the choices that are available to you aren't, aren't particularly palatable either for most people, but you, people need to think about them. So it's essentially it's save more in the early stages, yeah. if you want it to be easy, or retire... Later, or take less income and have a slightly worse lifestyle than you expect to have in retirement. Those are the three options, and I think most you've
1: got most people pretty clued up. You know, if you're if you're sort of thinking about your money, mm. I think everyone kind of accepts they're going to have to work a bit longer, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. Um, no matter how much you save. Someone will say you need to save more than that. Yeah. So,
2: and I think yeah, I think it's important not to to be saying to people you need to save more than that. So nobody nobody needs to save four hundred and forty seven thousand pounds. The idea of having a, a twenty eight thousand pounds a year that's a twenty eight thousand pound a year inflation linked pension from age sixty five throughout retirement that's an incredibly
1: good pension. To it's pati- particularly to if enjoy. you've paid off, like particularly if you own your house, and yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Sort and and out, your outgoings are not as like when when you were working yeah exactly
2: I think it's just to make the point if you want to have that kind of that would probably be deemed a fairly luxurious retirement income if you want to get to something like that then you need to start early save often make the most of compounding all the stuff that we say Um, uh, most weeks on this podcast
1: Tom. I'm really worried that when you reach retirement it's almost like this sort of um, you you get excited about Christmas Eve it's the anticipation (laughs) Um, you spend all your life anticipating (laughs) so excited about retirement and then the reality kicks in it's like oh is this all I've got and what do I do Mm.
2: I, I I quite like fishing yeah. Um, so I think I, th- I think I'm gonna ease. Gonna right. I think I'm gonna ease into being an old. I think I've been an isn't, old man since I was about 21. Isn't the
0: worry more that Thomas enjoyed talking about the approach to retirement yeah. so much that we'll never, you know, what will you talk about then? Just.
2: Uh, yeah, will I talk about my youth? Yeah, exactly. In the same way. We we'll talk about
0: how you built up the 470 <laughs> million. Whatever. Yeah, chance would be a fine thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so away from my favourite subject, we I know we talked about it for quite a while, so I apologize. Um finally, Dan, you've been looking at good old-fashioned regulation. So we mentioned regulation a little bit um earlier and the fact that the FCA may be getting a little bit more light touch but you've been looking at a regulator that's perhaps getting slightly heavier on companies
1: is that right yes true i mean we do talk a lot about financial regulation on this podcast but it's um it's the regulation facing companies across multiple industry sectors so the the body that's getting really heavy at the moment is Mm. the competition and markets authority which um, snappily called cma (laughs) so um so its purpose is to promote competition for the benefit of consumers now that's, that's both in the uk and outside the uk as well so it's, it's trying to make markets work for consumers for businesses and the economy so i mean it's, it's heart is in the right place so before we start talking about how it's getting heavy it, yeah. it is trying to do the right thing um but i mean it, it is like it, it seems like every week i'm trying to write a story about stock market um they're there they're, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they're right front center so the big thing at the moment for them is sainsbury's and asda trying to merge right? I, I, we're going to get the, the, the sort of official announcements any day now, whether mm. that's allowed to go ahead. The indication from a sort of preliminary statement of fairly recently was <laughs> there's no chance in hell of it happening. Really? Mm. Um, yeah. So, they, I mean, what, what they're trying to say is that if these two supermarkets come together, will that be good for the consumer mm. I will prices the choice for.
0: things well isn't it i mean there mm. are so few big players in that market yeah.
1: i mean that suppliers are getting really worried saying like you know they have this bigger force they're gonna mm. uh, make life really hard for us and to make these sort of big demands and mm. that's not good for suppliers and and so the CMA sort of hinted that they're not sure it's going to be better for consumers. So, yeah. um, I mean, that, that's a good example. And a sort of bit more niche is Rent-A-Kill. So they've made um, 42 pest control acquisitions in the last year across 22 countries. And oh, so, 42?
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. I about this company recently. It's fascinating. <laughs> they,
1: yeah, famously,
2: pests are a nightmare, aren't they? And yeah. Obviously, big business as well. Particularly
0: last year, as it happens, there was a big increase in infestation. But anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, well,
1: of, of, you know, interestingly, of, of the, you know, those 42 deals in 22 countries, uh, it's only one country has said, mm, and we're not sure about this, whether you should go ahead. And of course, that's the UK. So, um, Rentakill's trying to buy Mighty's mm. pest control business and then uh, CMA saying, well, uh, well, you know, what's that going to do for local competition? We're going to have a look at it. So that deal sort of on hold until they've had a good look at it. Um, in the funeral sector, um, funeral prices have been... Uh, increasing by double the rate of inflation for the last 14 mm. years, which is Shocking. just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it's no one. It's, I'm wondering why the CMA hasn't sort of gone in to have a look at this sooner, but they are very much looking at it mm. now. So one of the big players in the industry is Dignity. They, they've come out and sort of said, um, you know we, "We're cutting our prices," but it's actually because <laughs> there's competitors doing the same. They're just trying to keep keep yeah. abreast of what's happening in the market, yeah. but. Um, kind of what the CMA sort of threatened saying like you've got away with an amazing life for too long um, the risk is greater uh, uh, regulation in the future um, and the citizens of vice last year made the super complaint about um, it, it covers lots of sectors like insurance mobile broadband and it's this loyalty penalty so you know the idea when you go and you buy a product, um, and if you're a new customer, you get a better deal than if yeah. you'd already been with someone. And uh, you know, and rightfully, the the CMA is having a look at this now, and the financial regulator, the FCA, has, has come in and said, "Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. You know, it shouldn't be right," because they're sort of saying with insurance. Um, you're paying double after six years if you stay with the same insurer, She's wow. yeah, silly. So they, they're having a look at that. And uh, interesting, Aviva sort of haven't waited until the results are out from this probe. They've come out and said, well, now we're going to launch this product where um, loyal customers will get the same or better price at the point when they renew. Now, if Aviva does it, you kind of assume that everyone else might follow suit or, yeah. or do something similar. Um, now it's not just over, it's not just UK. So overseas is it's the same sort of principle. They're, they're getting heavy. The European Competition mission mm. um, has fined Google more than eight billion euros for antitrust measures. Um, the US. Uh, Justice Department is looking at the merger of T Mobile U- US and Sprint, concerns about the deal structure. And I mean, this is probably an issue across the world fake reviews. You know yeah. how you go onto mm. a website and you buy something and you think, uh, oh, there's reviews, sound brilliant, I'll buy it. And of course, they're clamping down on this now. Mm. Um, mm. And little things like Airbnb was recently forced to change its review system. So if you, if you went on Airbnb, um, place and you hated it and you left halfway through your stay. Mm. Its system wouldn't let you leave a negative review, and so the CMA sort of clamped down and said, oh, "Yeah, so we're going to stop that." So there are, overall, oh, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so if you're if you're a consumer, this is good. Hopefully, the outcome is that everything will be fairer. If you're a shareholder in a company that is being in. Uh, involved in an industry that's being probed by CMA it's bad mm. because mm. inevitably share prices will fall um, but you think in the long term if it makes a business behave better mm. um, and treats people fairly that should be for the good of everyone including shareholders in the long term but yeah um, CMA, yeah, yeah. One to look out for. <laughs> do, you,
2: do you think it's got the balance roughly right in the way that it's it's approaching these deals at the moment, or is it hard to well, hard to quantify? It's, it's quite a subjective decision, isn't yeah. it, as well as looking at the numbers and things. Normally,
1: what it does when it, when two companies want to b- merge or one wants to buy the other, they just say, okay, well, you know, you'll need to get rid of a few assets. So something like Sainsbury's announced it'd be like, yeah, get get rid of a, sell some of your supermarkets in areas where there's clearly you'll have too big a stronghold. Mm. Um, that's the normal way but i think they're now going on to say well, is that enough because uh, initially something like sainsbury's will have done all its mass thinking it's going to keep everything um mm-hmm. and if it has to get rid of a few supermarkets does that sort of make the deal less enticing for synergies and stuff but i think it's getting it's getting heavier but it, it, it's it seems to be for the greater good so uh, I probably regret saying new that as
0: well, isn't it? I mean, it's not been yeah. around. Was it 2014 when it launched?
1: I don't know. I think it was. <laughs> so. um, but that seems yeah. like
0: a lot of power in a short time. But yeah, I think yeah. it's good. Yeah, I interesting.
2: Yeah, interesting that we've come to this point where we've got one part of the regulatory system saying we're going to be potentially a little bit lighter on people, and clearly another part mm. of the yeah. regulatory system yeah. saying that we're potentially going to be slightly. Slightly heavier. Luckily, we've got Dan to keep a track of the acronyms <laughs> and all that. It's quite difficult yeah. to know where one regulator stops mm. and one regulator starts, oh. to be I'll honest. Fit, There's yeah. so many different ones, from the European ones to the UK-based ones, international regulators and things like You're that. You're just
0: focused on the pensions regulatory. And the FCA, I thought, oh, you
2: don't, you don't get me started, Kate. Don't get me started, and we haven't got time. Which is good news, I think. Um, so, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks to our brilliant guest, Kate from the Financial Times, for stopping by. Laura should be back in the hot seat next week, but please don't let you let that put you off from tuning in.
0: Um,
2: for now, you can send any thoughts or ideas you have to podcast at ajbell.co.uk. See you next week. Thanks. Hi. Bye.
0: Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor. The podcast talks about various money issues. Just don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. You should also recognise that how an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future and that tax rules apply. (music) i you <music>